We're all nerds in our own right. Some people are nerds about cars, food, stocks, movies, and so on. Alex Nix and Chris Wilson are just two average millennial guys who happen to be sports nerds and love discussing the world of sports. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Average Sports Nerds Podcast. Today, we're mostly going to be talking about the young players, the rookies, and the second-year quarterbacks in the NFL who we think are going to have the biggest impact, both fantasy-wise and just overall football-wise. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to talk about, just have a little brief a brief overview of the Champions League. And we haven't really talked about soccer too much, or at all, actually, on this channel, but yours truly is a pretty, pretty big soccer fan. And yeah, I want to spread spread the the word, spread the knowledge of of what is known as the beautiful game, and hopefully get some people on board and becoming fans. If you don't know what the Champions League is, the Champions League is the elite competition in Europe of the best soccer teams in the world or in Europe, which all the best soccer teams play in Europe. So it's the best soccer teams in the world. It's a season long competition, very similar format to the World Cup where you have a group, a group stage. There's eight groups of four teams. The top two teams from each group qualify to the knockout round. And then in the knockout round, the, the, the teams play two, um, two games, one at each stadium. And whoever has the most goals scored throughout those two games wins and moves on to the next round. Uh, it's great fun. It's a lot of, there's a lot of drama. Um, it's, like last year's Champions League knockout rounds were just the best soccer I've ever seen. Um, and yeah, with COVID, you know, normally it's a really long drawn out process, but with COVID, uh, the, all the domestic leagues in, in their respective countries had to take a break and they all finished really fast. And now they, they held the Champions League off until after all those leagues were done. So now we have the Champions League going from the, the round of 16 to the final in about three weeks. And it's just great jam packed soccer schedule. So uh, just to recap the, the big news out there, um, the biggest upset of that was Lyon, a French club, one of the bigger French clubs, but not as big as uh, Paris Saint-Germain or PSG. They upset Cristiano Ronaldo and Juventus out of Italy, Italy's powerhouse club. Um, the the aggregate score was two to two, but but uh, Leon had more away goals, and away goals are are weighted more than home goals. So uh, Juventus lost, CR seven lost. He was crying. He was you know even after winning five Champions Leagues, he's still uh, heartbroken whenever he loses. Um, so we're not going to be able to see a Ronaldo Messi Champions League final like everybody wants to see, but. Ronaldo's former club, Real Madrid, uh, lost four to, or lost four to two on aggregate to Manchester City. Barcelona was Barcelona with Messi and Louis, Louis Suarez and everybody over there. Moving on, um, now my club is Chelsea. They got absolutely destroyed by Bayern Munich. Um, I'm not going to get into Chelsea right now, but it was, it was both a disappointing and successful year at the same time for them. Two of the, the quarterfinals, two of the games were played today. One is played on Friday and one is played on Saturday. I'm not sure why the scheduling is so weird and so different, but 
um, Ata Atalanta, a smaller smaller team out of Italy, plays PSG. Uh, Red Bull Red Bull Leipzig out of Germany plays Atletico Madrid. Barcelona plays Bayern Munich, powerhouse game right there. And then Manchester City plays Lyon. Um, so four really really great great cup ties as they're called. Um, yeah, and it's just exciting to talk about the Champions League. I missed it so much when it was supposed to happen. Like I said last year, the Champions League knockout rounds were just the best soccer I've ever seen, the most drama I've ever seen in soccer. And it was just either whether it was a low-scoring game or high-scoring game, it was just it was just the greatest soccer I've ever witnessed. So um, enough on that. Um, hey, yeah, before we move on, I just, yeah. um, you know, a lot of the listeners out there probably know I'm not huge soccer guy. A lot of that went right over my head. But one thing I did take from that is Messi is still better than Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there for because I know, you know, people love to make that conversation. Just so y'all know what side I'm on. I'm, I'm team Messi. Um, you know, I'm, like I said, not a huge soccer guy. I watch a lot of the World Cup. I know his teams haven't really done the best there, but, you know, his his highlights are really cool. So Team Messi over Team Ronaldo. Uh, Ronaldo helped improve that point by getting put out in an okay. upset fashion. So okay, hold on. Before we get in, before, the Ronaldo has won had won four straight Champions Leagues. Messi has never done that. But granted, I am um I am on Team Messi as well. I was on Cristiano Ronaldo for the longest time, but then I really really took a deep dive into Messi's stats and how much he contributes to that team. And it's just unbelievable, but enough soccer talk. We'll get into that another time. Yes, uh, sir. I'll, I'll keep doing my research guys. I'll, I'll give you guys some more fire takes on soccer in the future. Uh, moving on. We're talking, going to bring up uh, some news in, in the football world. It's not the NFL uh, just yet, but we're going to talk, we're talking about the uh, college football, the NCAA um, two of two out of the big powerhouse conferences decided to cancel football in the fall. Uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have both decided to to cancel their football schedule and not play football this fall due to COVID-19 and safety um, safety reasons. Um, you know, it's just COVID just doing its thing on the sports world again, doing its thing in just the general, not even just the sports world, but, you know, it's still a, a massive problem here in the States. Um, and we're going to keep seeing this happen. Um, I have a feeling we're not going to have NFL for too long, but we'll see. I'm hoping, certainly hoping not, but we're going to talk about it like it's still going on. So we're going to have hope that it's still going on. So, um, yeah, as far as the impact that, that it makes, you know, a lot of those a lot of those guys in the Big Ten, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, those big schools where a lot of guys come out into the NFL, you know, USC, Oregon, to go back to the Pac-12, Stanford, they, you know, they're going to miss a chance to really impress scouts. Uh, Joe Burrow made a really great point. Um, he said he should they, that they should let the players play simply because he might be looking for a job right now. If, if it wasn't for, you know, his performance last season, he was a projected sixth round pick at, before last season. And he went number one overall just simply because of one great year. So he's got a really Facts. good point. 
Yeah, uh, just piggybacking off that, I was going to say my, my biggest worry about this is, is for those guys who maybe weren't going to get drafted or even looked at by the NFL because, you know, they haven't had a chance to make an impact at the college level yet. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, they, you know, they're, this is their life. This is their dream. They're going for that, that big payday of making the NFL. So feel, I feel for those guys, you know, some guys like, you know, your Trevor Lawrence's of the world. I know the ACC hasn't canceled yet, but he'll be fine if they cancel. But, you know, there's so many guys outside of the top five or 10 players in college football that, you know, this is make or break season and it is every year. So this, it's a big loss for a lot of guys. Um, looks like we might just be drafting off the combine this year. I really hope that's not the case, but <laughs> you never know. Or else all the Darius Hayward Bays are going to go in the, in the first round and like how great that went. Yeah. Um, another point, just piggybacking off of that, is um, the Seahawks trade that they made for Jamal Adams. Um, you know, they traded away a first round and a third round this year and a first round in the next year after that. So, you know, those picks might be a little bit less valuable now if yeah. we don't have a full season to evaluate these guys. So that's a great point. You know, yeah. looks like they even Maybe. even better move Jamal <laughs> Adams. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Just want to get into the into the rookies now. Uh well before we do, I just wanna do you think that this is like you know, a sign of things to come for the other three major conferences? Are they, you think they're going to cancel in the near weeks? I mean, knowing the SEC and knowing the South and how people operate down there, no. <laughs> no offense to anybody from the South. No, <laughs> you know, um, that, you know, they, they're very rebellious. Uh, <laughs> Serious Southern living. It's, it, you know, um, they're, I don't, no, I don't think – I think the SEC is going to have football. True. Now, as, as far as the other ones, I don't know. Um, I know a lot of the – like a lot of the coaches and a lot of the players, like I said, they want to they play. They, they're out, they want to have the choice of playing. Um, but I just – yeah, I don't know if it'll work. Yeah, I agree to a certain extent. I, I mean, I feel eventually – if none of the other conferences are playing, I think the SEC isn't going to play either. Because you know, no, I feel like they'll make a lot more money if they do, because the TV, you know, the TV revenue—they're the only ones. They're exclusive. They're, you know. Yeah, I guess I—I I didn't really look at it from that perspective. I just feel like the the peer pressure eventually. I know, like you said, they're they're stubborn in the SEC. You know, they they are college football in their opinion. So you know. We'll see, but I, I, I just think the public pressure eventually is going to get to these guys. And, you know, I think we're going to either have sp- spring college football, which will be crazy weird, but, you know, and with what's going on, it's not weirder than having basketball in August, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but, yeah, like yeah. we might as well go ahead and get into the NFL because, you know, I could I could ramble on all day yeah. about, about the possibilities. Yeah, for sure. Um so we're going to talk about the rookies who we think are going to make the biggest impact this season for fantasy football. So we're not really going to talk about defensive guys. Um, and then we're going to break down the second year quarterbacks coming into this season. So getting into the rookies, uh, if you listen to our mock draft that we released, there's one rookie that 
is a consensus first round pick for just about everybody. And it's because of the team he plays on and the coach he has and the history of running backs who have played for that coach. Uh, that would be CEH or Clyde H- Edwards Hilaire out of Kansas City uh, coming out of LSU. He was their first round pick. Patrick Mahomes said, get me this guy in the first round. I want him. So the Chiefs went and got him. And with Damon Williams opting out, like we talked about, he's probably going to have a big, big year. Yeah, definitely. Like, he is just primed to have a big year. And I know you guys that listened to the the mock draft episode, you guys saw I took him, actually, at the ninth pick in the first round. And honestly, I think that that was a steal for me. I would have picked him up around seven, maybe. Um, I think out of all the rookies, he definitely has the best opportunity now with Damian Williams opting out. He's on the best offense or, you know, at least a top three offense because, you know, I've heard people say that they like the Ravens offense better just from a running perspective. But, you know, he's definitely a top three offense at the worst. Um, You know, he's got the best quarterback on his side. He's a good receiving back. I really don't see how this doesn't work out for him this year. Yeah, because you know, even even when they win, where they're winning, they're going to hand them the ball to waste to waste time. Or if they get in a shootout, they're going to hand them the ball and throw them the ball throughout the game. So it's you know, um, yeah, it's just a great situation for Clyde Edwards Lair. Yeah. Yep. Just um, it, it reminds me a lot of the Kareem Hunt year when he was a rookie. You know, he, he was only a third round pick out of Toledo. Nobody knew um, who he was unless we were really deep diving. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was the um, you know, it was Spencer Ware's backfield for the most part, but then he went down. I think he, I don't know if it was an ACL or an Achilles in the in the preseason. He went down, missed the whole season, and Kareem Hunt was. A, I know he was top ten running back. You may even have been a top five running back that year. He was. He was oh, amazing. Yeah. He was he was a definitely a league winner for a lot of people that picked him later in the draft. So I mean Absolutely. that won't happen with, with Edward Solaire, but because you know he's he's going up in that first round, like you said, but I, I'm I expect big things. Yeah. Everybody does, I think. Um <laughs> moving on. We've yeah, got that one was a that one was a slam dunk. Yeah. Moving on. Um now I, this is this is what I have in order. So the guys I'm going to bring up are in order of what of who I think is going to have a bigger impact. Um, okay, probably, and probably, I'll, I'll let you know where you're wrong. Yeah, we'll probably disagree <laughs> on some of these guys. But uh, on at number two, I got Jerry Judy. Um, okay, giving giving Drew Locke another weapon alongside Cortland Sutton. You know, he's the best route runner I've ever seen coming out of school. NFL ready route runner I've ever seen. Um, he's a lot of people say he's who he's like a like a smaller version of Julio Jones. Um, he's fat. You know, he's just a perfect receiver. Now the only thing I have questions about with Jerry Judy and fantasy wise is Drew Locke and that offense. Oh uh, yeah. Oh. If, he, if he had a solid quarterback, then I would I would make Jerry Judy a top ten receiver for fantasy this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't go that far. Uh, I'm usually yeah, more like risk averse when it comes to rookies because, you know, there's been a lot of guys that we thought were going to be great receivers, running backs, quarterback, any position really. And then, you know, the NFL is just 
the NFL is the NFL. It's yeah. it's a grown man's league. Uh, I don't disagree about him being a great route runner. Um, but, yeah, with Drew Locke as the quarterback and already having Cortland Sutton as an established number one receiver, I – I don't. I don't really see it this year for um, for Judy. Uh, I think he could be good. You know, I'm not ruling it out that he could be the best rookie wide receiver this year, but uh, he's not who I have on my list as number one. Who is your number one? Um, well, my number one is the the guy that actually went first at receiver in the draft, in Henry Ruggs the third, also from Alabama. Uh, he plays for the Las Vegas Raiders now. Actually got that right. I almost said Oakland. But, yeah, um, the only reason I'm picking him is when I look at the weapons that the the Raiders have, I think that he could clearly step in from day one and be the number one receiver. Um, Derek Carr has shown that he can can, um, sustain good fantasy wide receivers. You know, he had Crabtree and Amari Cooper. I mean, I know Amari Cooper disappears all the time. And you probably will get that out of a speedy guy like Henry Ruggs. But I think, you know, the weeks when he when he does go off, I think it's going to be big, you know, long touchdowns type of thing, you know. And I just think he's going to get more targets from a better quarterback. Yeah, I, I, that's that's a good argument. Um, you know, that's a really good argument. <laughs> Uh, Thank you. Yeah, so moving on. Um, yeah, actually, I honestly forgot to add Henry Ruggs on this list. Um, I was thinking about all the rookies and going through the list of drafted rookies, and I just I just, just skipped by his name. So that's that's my bad on that. Um, but yeah, moving on. No, I guarantee you're gonna disagree me disagree with me on this one. I I can almost guarantee it. Um, but at number three, <laughs> uh, I got Jalen Rager. Simply because. If Deshaun Jackson isn't healthy, he is the deep threat. Even if he is healthy, he's going to be in the slot. They're going to play him all over the field in the Z, X, and the Y. They're going to put him in every one of those positions. He's ran a 4-2-8. He had the second most contested catches in Division One last season. Should be, you know, as long as, you know, for this offseason is so different with you know, not having any OTAs or preseason games to get that to get through those those game reps in for the rookies. Um, now this is we're all, we're taking this all with a grain of salt in terms of rookie production, but I really do think that Jalen Rager can step in immediately and help that offense stretch the field and be be a threat because Alshon Jeffrey isn't going to be healthy come week one. Who knows if Deshaun Jackson can actually stay healthy? The rest of their receivers are yeah, at best. Their their second round pick last year, JJ Arthago Whiteside. Who knows what he's actually going to do if he can do anything? Greg Ward is still there, and he's going to be the slot receiver most likely. If Shout he, out Greg Ward. <laughs> if he uh, if if he if he helps the offense, he'll be in the slot. But, you know, it's a pass-heavy team. They love passing the ball for some reason. I think they're at their best when they run because they have the best offensive line or one of the best offensive line in the league. But, yeah, anyway, um, Jalen Rager, I think, is going to be, you know, a huge weapon for Carson Wentz. Whenever Carson Wentz has a deep threat, the offense is really good. 
Word. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree with everything you said there. Um, I don't disagree at all. Actually, I had Jalen Rager as my second receiver on here above Jerry Judy, who I have at third, actually. Um, I just, like you said, high passing offense, you know, out of all of these first round guys, I think he's going to a team with the best quarterback, which that makes a huge difference if, you know, that guy has to throw you the ball. So Jalen Rager, I, you know, well, I didn't actually um, rank the running backs with the receivers. I kind of made, you know, two separate lists here. So definitely have Jalen Rager as my second wide receiver in the rookies. Um, I think, you know, I think he'll have a good year for a rookie. Like you said, if, if Deshaun Jackson isn't healthy, like he could potentially be the number one receiving target. You know, they still got Zach Hurts. But, you know, Alshon right now, I think he's on the pup, if I'm not mistaken. So coming into the season, he he's not looking like he has that much competition. You know, even if all these guys do get healthy, he's still going to have a role in the offense. So I think Jalen Rager, definitely number two receiver. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I hope I hope he's as good as as his tape says he is because he is explosive. He was very impressive at TCU. For sure. Uh, Moving on. So the receiver I have below Jalen Rager. Now, if I remember to put Henry Ruggs in, he would be right below Jalen Rager. Um, But the receiver I have right below that is the guy who those damn Cowboys stole from the Eagles um, with C.D. Lamb. Now, C.D. Lamb, a lot of people thought he was the best receiver coming out. I was um, one of them. I, I was so was I. Um you're or you're adding another probably an elite receiver, or what it looks like an elite receiver, to an already really, really good offense with Amari Cooper, who in those games that Amari Cooper disappears, CeeDee Lamb might be a reason for that now. Um they already have Michael Gallup as the X or the Z, whichever the second option is. Um and then obviously Zeke, and then Blake Jarwin at tight end spot. That's a really good offense. Uh, I, I saw them say that their goal is to have a thousand yard, three one thousand yard receivers this season, which is definitely possible if they pass it as much as they did last year. Because um, Dak had what almost five thousand yards, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, forty nine hundred and some change. Yeah, so it's definitely possible for that to happen. Um, do I think it's going to happen? No. But I do think C. Lamb is going to make a big difference, and I think he'll be a better fantasy receiver than Michael Gallup. Um, that's yeah. that's kind of hot take ish. Uh, yeah. I like I think Michael Gallup and C. D. Lamb will be about the same this season. I think you know obviously Amari Cooper is probably still the number one. Like you said, though, he disappears a lot. Um, personally, I didn't have C. D. Lamb ranked this high. Just because of all the weapons they have, I don't think that Dak Prescott's going to throw the ball that much again this year. You know, I think they're going to try to get back to what made them successful in the past, and that's, you know, pounding the ball with Ezekiel behind. You know, their line isn't as dominant as it was before, but it's still a good offensive line. So I think they're going to try to get back to that a little bit. And, um, you know, I just don't think there's going to be enough balls to go around for everybody to – you know, get their numbers. But I do think that CeeDee Lamb is the best receiver out of this draft class. So it's definitely possible that, you know, he comes in and just just 
has a great year because we've seen it before from other receivers who, you know, they come in like, I don't know, Odell Beckham, you know, they come into a situation that looks kind of crowded, you know, they had Victor Cruz and I forgot they had a, a Hakeem Nix. And, you know, you were thinking that he wasn't going to be the guy, you know, I definitely didn't think Odell Beckham was going to step in and dominate the way he did. So it could happen. Uh, just not what I'm predicting. Yeah. Um, we can agree to disagree on that one. So next on my list, um, I'm going back to the running back position. Now he's not, it's, it's funny that I say this, but because he's not going to be the main starter at first. However, he's on the Ravens and they run the ball all the time and he's young. So it's JK Dobbins. I have at number, what is that? Number five. Yeah, that would be five. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to be the backup to Mark Ingram at first. Uh, however, when they, when the Ravens blow out teams, because they will, they're going to blow out the Bengals, they're going to blow out the Browns, they're going to blow out whoever else is on their schedule. Um, when they have a blowout, do you think they're going to give the ball to 30-some-year-old Mark Ingram at the end of the game? I don't think so. They might. But I think they're going to let Mark Ingram get his rest and let J.K. Dobbins get his reps in to get that experience with Lamar Jackson back there. So J.K. Dobbins, I think, will have at least five to 700 yards this year and maybe five touchdowns. With that said, it's not a great fantasy season, but if Mark Ingram gets hurt, he is, a, he is an RB1, 100%. Maybe not RB1, but because Lamar runs the ball so much, but... He is definitely going to be a top 20 running back if Mark Ingram gets hurt. Yeah, I would agree with that last part about him being a very good option if Mark Ingram goes down because, you know, by that time, I think he'll have adjusted to the NFL. You know, um, a lot of times rookies, especially running backs, people don't realize that there are some extra things that go into play in running back other than just running the ball like picking up pass protections and stuff like that. So for some rookies, it's tough. You know, I'm not saying that it's going to be tough for him. We don't know yet. But like you said, by the time, you know, if God forbid Mark Ingram gets hurt, you know, I'm not wishing that to happen. But I do think he would be a great option if that happened. You know, just as it stands right now, I got a couple other rookie running backs that I would that I would go with ahead of him just because it's it's a, it's a more crowded backfield than that too because they also have – uh, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards, who have been, you know, they've been solid backs, you know, nothing special or anything, but, you know, these are still NFL guys who are still going to play hard. They're not just going to let him come in and take the job. I mean, I expect him to eventually, but, you know, I just don't think at the beginning of the season, it's going to, it's going to be really good for JK Dobbins. And yeah. So I think that's going to kind of put a damper on what he, what he can do this year. It it just depends on, you know, Mark Ingram's health. And like I said, if they end up blowing out teams, then I think he's going to come in and get quite a bit of work to seal those games out. But also, yeah, while we're on, I want to make the disclaimer, you know, anybody listening, I'm not saying go out and, and draft these guys oh, other no. than maybe Clyde edwards alaire The rest of these guys, you know, these these are your late round dart throws. If you know, if you expect a guy to be better than people think or something, you know, you might take a chance on him late. But right, yeah, yeah, don't go out drafted these guys in the the fifth round, sixth round. Like, hey, I got rugs. Like, 
no, don't don't do that, please. <laughs> I'll yeah, feel most, bad. From what I understand, from from doing mock drafts, most of these guys are all going, you know, past the ninth to tenth round when you're filling up your bench anyway. It's just these are the guys who we target in those rounds over, you know, maybe not over some proven veterans, but definitely I think they have the higher upside than those than those veterans do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, when you're later in the draft, this is just my personal strategy. I know some people like to get more consistent players that they can, you know, use off the bench if needed. But I like to swing for defenses. You know, I'm not trying to come in fourth place. You know, I'm trying to win the championship. So I, I like to take guys with the higher upside, like some of these rookies, you know, like some of these guys, like you said, J.K. Dobbins or uh, Judy or Rager, Ruggs. These guys could step in and, and dominate and you know they then you could have a league winner right there because you know your 11th round pick turned into a wide receiver one or right a wide receiver two so yeah For i just sure. wanted to yeah just wanted to make sure everybody understood that now there is one guy who is going in that fifth sixth round area at running back and i don't agree with it whatsoever but uh, is, it, is that who you have next on the list it is um his name is Jonathan Taylor out of um, – he's going to play for the Colts this year. I think he set all kinds of records at Wisconsin when he was running back. Uh, so there is a lot of hype because Great of Great combine that. too. Great combine, yeah. Uh, there is a lot of hype, but Marlon Mack is still there, and Marlon Mack is not a bad running back whatsoever. So I'm not even sure why people think Jonathan Taylor will just come in and take Marlon Mack's job because that's just not going to happen. Um, I know Frank Reich loves using two running backs. He did that with the Eagles when we won the Super Bowl as as offensive coordinator. Um, but with that said, uh, they're going to split carries. At, at least Mark, Marlon Mack is going to get the majority of the carries at the beginning of the year. And if Jonathan Taylor impresses, I'm sure he'll get more and more carries as the season goes on. But I don't agree with Marlon or Jonathan Taylor going in the fifth, sixth round as one of your starting running backs. You know. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with everything you said there. Um, I would venture out and say Marlon Mack is an above average running back. You know, he's his main problem in the past has been health. So that could play into Jonathan Taylor's benefit. You know, he could end up just inheriting the job by default, but I don't think Marlon Mack is just going to give up the job. You know, I, I think, like you said, they're probably split carries, have two running backs, which, you know, they can still put up solid numbers doing that, you know, depending on what the roles are. If if one guy is, you know, the goal line back, you know, that might be a little bit more valuable. But um, another thing that no one's really talking about is they also have Naheem Hines. And, you know, a lot of people probably don't know who that is. He's, he's more of like a scat back type. And I have heard, you know, this offseason, the coaching staff saying that, He's still going to have a role uh, as, you know, as a receiving back out of the backfield. So that's just another obstacle that Jonathan Taylor would have to overcome to be fantasy relevant this year. Uh, I just don't see it. You know, I think he'll have, you know, some games, like a lot of these rookies, well, they'll have some games where, you know, they blow up and have 20, 25 points or something, you know, maybe win you the week. But I just think it's going to be so hard to predict. And I just don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to be consistent this year at all, especially to be going that high in the draft. I think it's crazy. Moving on, I've got Cam Akers out of the Ram- on the Rams. Now, he has a chance to actually start 
because their running back, their their backfield is pretty, you know, I'm not going to say they're depleted, but they're not great guys in the backfield. They have Daryl Henderson, who I think disappointed quite a bit of people last year. Todd Gurley wasn't fully healthy, so they got rid of Todd Gurley. Rest in peace to Todd Gurley's career, I think. Uh, uh, Falcons <laughs> resurrection. Not if his knees are the same, which they are. So <laughs> rest in peace to Gurley's career, like I said. <laughs> hey, I'm, root, I'm rooting for you, Gurley. I'm rooting I, I'm for root, you, man. I'm rooting for him, too. I just don't trust his knees at all. Uh, anyway, anyway um, Cam Makers has a really solid chance to win that starting role at, at the running back position. And we've seen how good those running backs can be with, with Gurley. Now, he, is he going to be Todd Gurley? Probably not. Um, no, Todd Gurley, when he was healthy, was just unbelievably great. Now, with that said, he is also going, I think he's going around the seventh, eighth round in, in mock drafts. Still a little high for me, even though he has a high chance to win the, the starting job. But I think he's going to have a better year than Jonathan Taylor, fantasy-wise. Because of that, I I completely agree. I was waiting to get to this guy. Um, outside of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he's really another guy that I'm actually looking at picking there, right where his ADP is. Um, you know, for a guy that could be the starter, I think that he has a good chance to actually do that. They still have Malcolm Brown and um, Darnell Henderson, who you know. Th- to me, those are just they're 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 jags. You know, they're just another guy. They're nothing special back there. But I do think that Cam Akers is a very good running back. Uh, you know, coming out of high school, you know, this is so long ago, but he was the top running back coming out when he came. Um, he was he he went to Florida State. You know, they had their problems. Very bad offensive line play. If you go watch his tape. Um, it's every run where he gets more than four or five yards to me was very impressive because you know he's dodging guys as soon as he touched the ball and I know the Rams offensive line isn't great but I'm sure that it can't be worse than what he had at Florida State and you know he still put up some decent stats he still looked pretty good so I think that he actually has a chance to be you know RB2 this year just you know and that's not even if anyone gets injured or anything that's just him, you know, playing this season, I think he is definitely number two for me behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, yeah, I can dig that. I can. Yeah, I, I, I pretty. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, my flag on the Cam Akers bandwagon now. Before you guys all hop on. Now there is one guy who just he, when I made this list, he wasn't on here, but in the past couple of days. He has catapulted himself on here. Yes, Not, sir. I think I know who you're talking about. And it wasn't because of anything he did. Uh, it was because, like we mentioned before, Darius Geis got arrested or uh, he turned himself in for domestic char- domestic violence charges. Uh, now that backfield is up for grabs. And a th- guy in the third round that the Washington football team drafted with their second pick in the draft. They didn't have a second round pick. It was their... Second pick in the draft in the third round, early in the third round, Antonio Gibson might become an RB2 this season if he can secure that backfield starting role. Now, Adrian Peterson is still there. He's going to get, I'm guessing Adrian Peterson will get about 10 carries a game. Uh, He'll get the goal line work. He's just AP, right? He's He's still one of the GOATs. 
even if he is 30, whatever, five or however old he is. Best running back of my lifetime, I'd definitely say. Yeah, that, yeah. Now, Antonio Gibson, we talked about him during the mock draft. His highlight tape in college is insane. Um, he's going to do it all for the Redskins. He's going to be a receiving back. He's going to take. A, I'm I'm sure he's going to take quite a bit, of, quite a few carries. Uh, or, I'm sorry, not the Redskins. I messed up again. I keep doing that. The Washington Football Team. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough to get that out of my head. Um, especially since they're keeping the same color scheme and everything. It's just whatever. <laughs> the, the Dan Snyder protest. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that, though. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Antonio Gibson has a real chance to become an RB2 simply because there isn't anybody else to really challenge him for, for time in the backfield other than Adrian Peterson. Now, they have Bryce Love, who was out of Stanford, who might possibly be something serious because he, you know, he, he was in his junior year when he had a breakout season. He was a Heisman candidate in his senior year. He stayed in school in his senior year. He tore his ACL in one of the last games of the season. Made, him, made his draft stock fall dramatically. It's just, you know, it's one of the worst things that you could possibly imagine for a collegiate athlete trying to make it to the next level. Now, with that said, we'll see what he's, what, we'll see what he's about. But Antonio Gibson, I think, is going to – I think his ADP is going to shoot up as, uh, as the weeks go on, as we get closer to the season. And I don't know if he's going to be worth a fifth or sixth round pick. But if he's there in the eighth, ninth round, I'm going to look for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved where he was going before, you know, before this news with guys came out. Cause yeah, it was like the 11th, 12th round or something like that. Yeah, that was, that was great. But, yeah, like you said, I expect his ADP to skyrocket. You know, fantasy players, as soon as a guy goes out there, sometimes I think they're overzealous, you know, moving the next guy up, expecting them to be you know, as good, if not better than the guy that was playing before them. Um, as far as Gibson goes, you know, we got to remember that he spent a lot of his time in college, you know, moving around. He wasn't just mainly a running back. So that could be good and bad just in the sense that he's only actually taken 37 carries in his college career. So, um yeah, like there's guys that are getting 37 carries in one game. So <laughs> they were talking about over a whole career. Um, but like you said, isn't that because isn't that because he went to he played in JUCO and then went went to Memphis for a season, and in one season he convinced scouts that he's a third round pick. Yeah, yeah. I guess we could go down that narrative. But um, yeah. I'm, I was just going to talk about, you know, how he is very explosive. Um, even if the Redskins choose the Red, <laughs> you got me doing it now. Even if the Washington football team chooses, you know, other guys at running back, he's going to be on the field. You know, they're going to move him around. He's going to play a lot in the slot. They had um, reports out of camp. He's been working with the receivers just as much as he's been working with the running back. So, you know, he's he's doubling up. He's he's going to be doing, like, all type of things for the Redskins. <laughs> I'll get it, guys. I'll get it, guys. You know, as a fan of that team for so long, it's really, really challenging not to say that. As somebody, but, um, as, as somebody of a fan whose team dominated that team, it's going to be hard for me not to say that as well. Hey, man, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> 
but yeah, yeah, he's he's going to be on the field. You know, even if they decide, you know what, we want AP and Bryce Love to be the running back. Okay, Jonathan Taylor's still going to have a role. He's still going to be coming off on reverses and catching screen passes and doing, you know, all type of things. So I think he'll he'll return some value. Um, if, if he starts moving up too far in these drafts, I'm probably not going to have him on any of my teams. But, you know, I think especially as the year goes on, I think he'll just get better and better. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, so I only have a few more guys on my list here. Yeah, same. Uh, so another running back this time, another guy who's going to split split time in the backfield is going to be in Detroit, DeAndre Swift. Um, played at Georgia in college. Uh, I think I think he was a fourth-round fourth, a fourth pick or a fifth-round pick this year in the draft. Oh, Swift? Yeah. Or was uh, he in the third? I got him. He was the third pick of the second round, actually. Second, second round back round off the board. Pick. Okay, never mind. Only a few picks Excuse after me. Edward Zolaire. Excuse me. Um, okay, so wow. Uh, so yeah, there is quite a bit of hype on in, with DeAndre Swift. He was great in college, as so many running backs are. They're so good in college. <laughs> now, Carryon Johnson is the main back there. And there was a lot of hype coming out with Carryon Johnson last season and the year before that. Carryon was hurt, I think, halfway through the year. I forget what he – I think he tore his knee tore his knee up. Yeah, second um, straight year, he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, so with that said, DeAndre Swift, if he's healthy and Carryon goes down again, will get a lot of time in that backfield and is definitely – going to be great, great fantasy value. Um, now, we, the, Detroit doesn't run the ball as much as other teams. Matthew Stafford is always one of the guys who throws the ball more. Like as He's in the top five for passing attempts every year, it seems. Um, he's gone over 5,000 yards multiple times. Now, granted, that was, that was when he had Calvin Johnson, so it makes it a lot easier to do that. But um, he does have two good, really good receivers now, Matthew Stafford does. So the offense is still really good. Or really solid, I should say. Not really good, but um, I think DeAndre Swift will definitely have a chance to take over that starting spot over Carryon Johnson, especially if Carryon Johnson tweaks his knee a little bit or is hurt a little bit. He's just one of those guys that just can't stay healthy. Um, yeah, so DeAndre Swift has quite a bit of hype for good reason. Yeah, um, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh I think he's a very talented running back. Uh, I also think Carryon Johnson is a very talented running back. So, you know, if Carryon stays healthy for the whole year, which I probably wouldn't project to happen, you know, I, I think, you know, some guys just can't can't stay healthy. You know, I'm hoping that he can. So no, with, um, that, with that said, real, real quick. Go ahead. Carryon Johnson's ADP is ridiculously low right now because of that reason and because of DeAndre Swift. I think he's going in like the 10th round or something. Something crazy that a starting running back should not be in. So Yeah, yeah. if he's yeah. there in your 10th round, go ahead and, um, you know, I'm not saying you have to take him, but give him a look. You know, uh, running backs don't grow with trees. I know you guys playing fantasy for a while. You guys realize in every draft after about the, the fifth or sixth round, you're not getting any starting running backs anymore, you know. Gonna have to settle with some some guys splitting time. I don't know about that running backs growing on trees. There's a bunch of really really good running backs coming out every single year, and you know, for fantasy though, because it to me, 
you know, well, that's the that's the problem. That mentality right there is that there's so many good running backs as a coach now. Well, I'm going to use two or three running backs instead of giving this one guy who's a little bit better than the other two guys more carries. So then it's just hard to find those stud fantasy running backs. That's, you know, the, that, that's a good point. But just There's think, no, like, true starters. You, you have, like, six of them. That is a good point. But just think about all the rookies last year and – over the past, what, three years, there's been so many young guys. we got McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, now Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, you know, I can just keep going on and on. Aaron Jones was, a, what, the second year, a rookie last year. Just so many young guys coming out. So the argument that they don't grow on trees is, is, is true and it's not true at the same time. I'm just saying for fantasy purposes, they don't grow on trees. You better, I just, you better get I just, some running backs because it's yeah. hard to find good ones. That's, that, is, that is a good point. Once, once, those first, once those first 10, 15 guys go off the board, then it's – Because all those guys you mentioned are going to the first round, maybe the second. <laughs> yeah. So, know, you know, know if you're getting that carry on in the 10th, you know, that, that might be a solid move. You know, that I'm not saying point. he's going to – uh -oh. Kill it for you. You know, he's okay. probably going to have some weeks where it's a swift week, you know. But, yeah, um, just in terms of both of them, though, I'm not really a fan of either. Um, the Detroit Lions running game has been terrible ever since Barry Sanders left, and that was, like, when I was probably three years old. All right, yeah, so, um, yeah, the Detroit Lions run game has been terrible, you know, ever since Barry Sanders left. So I don't see either of these guys really having – a huge impact on fantasy unless one of them goes down and you know based on the history it's probably more likely that carry on goes down so swift might he could end up you know back half of the season turning it on but i just i just don't see it if, if they're both healthy you know on a bad rushing team you know they're a good passing team but terrible run team usually t bottom five in the league every year so Throw the Lions run game out for me this year, like I do every year. Yeah, I mean it, it's a good point. It is a good point. But I do think he's the top five rookie running back this season. Yeah. <laughs> um, next on my list is the guy who is going to be replacing Stephon Diggs in Minnesota, um, Justin Jefferson, out of LSU, who, yeah, now plays on the Vikings. He's going to play alongside Adam Thielen. Um, now, defenses are going to focus on stopping Adam Thielen in the pass in the passing game, and they're going to um, put all their defenders in the box because of how much they run the ball down there or up there in Minnesota. With that said, I still don't think he's going to get as many opportunities as Diggs did last year because, one, he's a rookie and he's still learning. Two, because Dalvin Cook is so good and Adam Thielen is so good at getting open that – you know, Justin Jefferson will have a solid season for sure, but he's not gonna he's not gonna, you know, put up the numbers that Stephon Diggs did by any means. So Je Jefferson, you know, if you're looking for a bench to fill your bench up again, he's a I think he's a solid bench um guy to, to plug in like you know, during one of your starters bye weeks or something. Yeah, it's it's like you've read the words right off my screen here. <laughs> you know, that's literally everything that I was gonna say, so I'll just leave it with that. All right. <laughs> the, the... <Yeah. laughs> I didn't have anything else. I'm sorry. <laughs> All 
Gotcha. No, you're good. And then, so the last guy I have on my list here is, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring him up at all. Um, it's the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. I do think he's going to be a, you know, a, a top 20, mm, yeah, maybe a top 20 quarterback. They still have solid receivers with, you know, AJ Green can't stay healthy for to save his life. However, he's healthy. He's back. <laughs> Uh, they have Tyler Boyd, who's a very solid receiver. They have um, – I forget. Who, what was the guy's name that broke out last year for the Bengals? I forget his name. Oh, uh, Ross. Yeah, they have John Ross still. They still have Joe Mixon. They still have um, – I forget who their tight end is. But, they have, you know, they have a solid – they have some solid weapons in in Cincinnati. And I know they beefed up the O-line a little bit. Yeah, they got their uh, first-round pick from last year back. Uh, he was the ninth overall pick. Forgot his name. Offensive tackle. Um, missed the whole season. You know, he got injured. So, that's huge, you know, getting a first-round lineman. And I'm, I think they brought in another veteran lineman. So, yeah, they're definitely an improved offense. Yeah, so I, I do think Joe, Joe Burrow is going to be a good streaming quarterback for you. If, you know, your your quarterback's on the bye or your quarterback gets hurt or whatever, I think Joe Burrow will be a solid option. No, not when he pays, plays Pittsburgh or Baltimore. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, find find the good matchups, you know, against the bad defenses. Yeah, yeah. and uh, who knows? He's a rookie quarterback without preseason, so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a slow process of Joe Burrow getting, um, I think, becoming a solid quarterback uh, fantasy-wise. So, uh, yeah, I have to bring him up because I do think he's going to be a really good quarterback in this league for quite a, quite a long time, and they have weapons to, that he can throw to. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about, you know, if he's going to be good in the NFL or not. But what I do know from playing fantasy football and just, you know, going over strategy and stuff is that Joe Burrow will probably – be on some of my rosters for 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 certain stretches of this season you know I'm usually a late quarterback guy so sometimes you know you play that you play that game and you get burned and you know you don't you don't have a good starter so a lot of times you know I'm searching the wave waiver wire weekly for those matchups so you know when he's playing bad defenses um you know I don't know what the bad defenses are yet you know I like to wait and see a couple weeks but um you know once you start once we start realizing you know this is a bad defense and you know, I, that's when I'm going to be looking. Joe Burrow is going to be, you know, he's going to be under center for my team sometimes. You know, it's not a guy that I'm I'm not recommending anyone in a one quarterback league. Do not draft Joe Burrow. Like, don't, just don't do it. You know, get get yourself a, a, a more solid option. But when the time comes and your solid option is playing, you know, the best defense in the league and Joe Burrow is playing a bottom five defense in the league, that's the time, you know, that's the time to pull him out. You know, he's – waiver wire he could be waiver wire gold this year yeah i agree did you have any other rookies that you wanted to bring up uh just a couple people i wanted to just mention that they might be able to do something um brandon Ayuk, i'll start there wide receiver for the 49ers he was the 25th overall pick you know i'm not i don't you know i'm not projecting that he's gonna have you know a big year but debo samuel's hurt right now you know they lost emmanuel sanders in the offseason He's on the Saints now. So, you know, he's he could potentially be stepping into a bunch of targets. You know, I know this is not a high-passing team. You know, they don't 
they like to pound the football and for good reason, you know, they had a great run game. But um yeah, he could, you know, he could be what Debo Samuel was last year. I don't see that outside of the realm of possibilities. And Debo was pretty good for fantasy. And then uh, I don't have much to add to that. You hit it on. You hit it pretty spot on. Word, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I, I just had two more. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. from the Colts. You know, he was the second pick of the second round. Uh, I know. You know, they have T.Y. Hilton, so he's definitely not the number one, but he could be the number two, you know, competing with guys like Paris Campbell and Zach Pascoe. Um, The offense in Indianapolis should be a little bit better with Phillip Rivers. Uh, He's a big body guy, sort of like, you know, comparable to like Mike Williams when he had him in San Diego, or I guess L.A. now, but he had him in San Diego too, so it's not wrong. But, uh, you know, he could be a red zone guy, start getting a few touchdowns, you know, Michael Pittman by the end of the season could, could end up being a relevant guy, a useful piece. And then the last one I had, you know, I really don't expect too much from him, but I got to mention him because, you know, he's just stepping into a spot where he could be the number one receiver on the outside. And that's uh, Denzel Mims from the Jets. He was a 27th pick of the second round. Um, well, they do have Jamison Crowder, but he's more of a slot guy. So looking at their roster, I, I think he could probably step in be that number one wide receiver on the outside. Like I said, he plays for the Jets, so I'm definitely not even picking him up. He won't even be on my watch list. But, you know, if he starts having a couple good weeks, it's it's not out of the realm of possibilities that he could be relevant. You know, Terry McLaurin was a third-round pick on a bad Washington team last year, and he was very relevant. So just just a couple guys there to keep in mind. Like I said, don't draft them, but, you know, Maybe maybe check the check the box scores the first couple weeks, see if these guys are doing anything. Yeah, those are that's yeah, really good points. Especially the Terry McLaurin one. Terrible quarterback situation, terrible team, and he was still really, really good. So still not picking him this year because <laughs> I don't trust it. Yeah, no, Look, I don't, man, I don't blame if, you. if you're a Washington fan and you play fantasy football, uh, my, my best advice is don't be that guy who's like you know, I believe in my team. Like it's good. I like believe in the team. Don't get me wrong. But if you're if you're risking money on this thing or anything, you got you got to play it smart. Don't go with the the lowest scoring team in the NFL last year. Yeah, for sure. Um, so moving on, we're gonna break down the second year quarterbacks. And yes, sir, I'm excited for this. There are there were quite a bit of quarterbacks who were rookies that started a lot of games last year. Um, the first one that I want to talk about is the offensive rookie of the year. Should he have won it? No, not not at all. I don't think. Um, who who should have won it? Josh Jacobs. Okay, okay, I forgot about him. That, that's, <laughs> that's a very good point. Very good point. Um, so yeah, Kyler Murray is who we're talking about. Um, they added well, the Cardinals. They added arguably the best receiver in the league, DeAndre Hopkins. They still have Larry Fitzgerald, who has more tackles than he has drop passes, which is one of the most ridiculous stats I've ever seen. Dude, Larry Fitzgerald. I I gotta stop you. I just wanted to. <laughs> I just had like, how is he still doing it at such a high level? You know, I know the stats aren't what they used to be, but you know he's still a productive receiver. This is year what sixteen? Whatever it is, I mean, I, the you know the the 
the biggest memory I have of Larry Fitz was the 2008 playoffs where he was shredding everybody and especially shredded the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Just so painful. You know, every time we'd play the Cardinals, he would just go off. And, uh, yeah, uh, Larry Fitz, I love him, but I also hate him. Dude, yeah, yeah, last story. I, I'll, let you, I'll let you get back into it. But, um, yeah, that same year, I'll never forget him running for that long touchdown with I think it was less than two minutes left. Yeah, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. In the Super Bowl against the Steelers. I, you know, I was a big Larry Fitz guy. Uh, um, I was rooting for him so hard. I just knew he was going to win that Super Bowl. So I'm very sad that he never actually got a, got a ring because he deserves yeah. it. Yeah, I mean they have the. I think they'll have the offense too this season. It's just their defense is still terrible. Yeah, and they play in arguably the best division in the in the NFL. So um, yeah, yeah, it'll be, that, it'll be, every yeah. team in that division is going to be tough this year. Anyway, back on Kyler, um, it, he has the weapons to become, I think, QB QB three behind Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Um, Are you talking in fantasy or just like overall? Yeah, fantasy, fantasy. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Wow, yeah. I was like, oh, hot take. <laughs> Fantasy-wise, he, I think he has a very good chance of becoming QB3. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, people I, – I don't think people realize how much of a difference having a guy like D-Hop makes to, to your offense who already can move the ball. It's just he, you know – Kyler Murray's stats are going to skyrocket this year as long as he doesn't have a regression. Um, you know, Ken, Kenyon Drake is still really good out of the backfield for them. He, he, you know, um, blew up last year after getting traded. So yeah, Kyler Murray, I, I think he's getting drafted as QB five or six, or maybe even QB three or four. I'm not sure where exactly he's getting drafted right now, but I think it's well worth it. I, like I said, in the mock draft, I don't draft quarterbacks high, so I'm not drafting him, but if you are one of those people who draft quarterbacks um, in those middle rounds, then Kyler Murray should definitely be one of your targets. Yeah, I 100% agree. You know, I got I got the stats here. You know, he started all 16 games, 5-10-1 uh, and one as a starter, you know, which isn't terrible for a rookie, actually, you know, considering he stepped in on a team that got the number one pick the year before. Um, you know, he was up over 3,700 yards, 20 touchdowns to only 12 picks. Um, you know, also added 544 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. And that is why he is such a high quarterback for fantasy right there. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, it's just, I think he's definitely, if, you know, I, I make my, my list of quarterbacks all the time. Like you said, I don't ever really draft him that high, but all the lists I've been making this year, he's coming in at number three behind Lamar and Mahomes. Um, yeah, I just, you know, nothing, nothing else to say, you know, he's, out of for my list, he's the best second year quarterback right now. You know, we'll see what happens this year because a lot could change in one year, but he looks good to go. Yeah. Um, you know, bad defenses. He has a bad defense, so they're not going to be able to stop anybody. So they're going to be in shootout. So he's going to be scoring a lot of points and a lot of touchdowns. And it's just going to be a gr- I think, a really good year for Kyler Murray again. Um, moving for on. Sure. Moving on, we got Daniel Jones. Uh, New York Giants. Um, he took over Eli Manning's spot, I think, in what week two or three, really early in the season last year. Uh, they have they have three solid receivers with Golden Tate, 
the 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 rack or the yak king, Sterling, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. Uh, and obviously they have a top, I think a top two running back or top three running back and Saquon Barkley. So he's going to be back and healthy. All the receivers are healthy. If the offensive line can do a, a decent job, Daniel Jones has a possibility to be a pretty, pretty good improvement, a pretty big improvement from last year. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. You know, um, I pulled up his stats as well. You know, he started 12 games last year and played in 13. You know, he was only three and nine as a starter, which, you know, I throw the rookie records out the window. I couldn't, couldn't really care less, you know, about that. Well, I don't think wins are, should be a QB stat anyway. Exactly. Yeah. I I agree. You know, cause you know, Tom Brady against the Eagles in the Super Bowl, you know, he had a great, amazing game. He played very well and they lost because they couldn't stop. Damn right about that. Yep. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, like you said, throw the records out the window, but um, just on a per game basis, he actually was throwing for more yards a game than Kyler Murray. Um, you know, 24 touchdowns to 12 picks, you know, and he only started 12 games, but he played in 13. Still had over 3,000 passing yards, which is really good for a rookie. Um, the biggest problem for him, he lost 11 fumbles last season, which that, that's rough. You know, hopefully, hopefully it's just, you know, hold on to the football. You know, it's a quick, you know, protect the ball. That's, yeah, that's it. If he can most, do that, he'll, he'll probably be pretty good. Yeah, the most notorious fumble he lost was to Jamal Adams, who just took it out of his hands and turned it back <laughs> for six. <laughs> but that's just Jamal Adams being Jamal Adams. Uh, right. Yeah. But, yeah, no, uh, Daniel, Daniel Jones, his offensive line was awful last season, and they're going to be bad again. No, they drafted O-line in the first round. But they play the Eagles twice. They play the Cowboys twice. I don't know how great he – I don't know how good he could be. But, uh, yeah. We'll yeah, see. definitely. And I also want to add that he did add uh, 279 rushing yards in there, two, two more rushing touchdowns. So, um, you know, I'm not saying draft this guy in fantasy or anything, but, you know, if you're in a two-quarterback league or something like that, super flex, I, I don't think he's a bad option. You know, I think, he, I think he's going to have a pretty solid year in terms of stats. You know, I – you know, I wouldn't want him as my quarterback if, if it was my team as, like, you know, an actual franchise like the New York Giants. You know, I don't I don't see it. You know, I, don't, I just don't think he's that great of a quarterback. But, you know, I think, you know, he can put up some numbers. You know, he can run a little bit. I, I think he'll be fine. Yes. Yeah. Hard to disagree. Uh, moving on. Um, for me, I've got Drew Locke next. Yeah, me too. me too. Denver – has revamped their offense. They added so many new weapons this this offseason. I think all of their draft picks were on offense, if I'm not mistaken. Um, obviously, the big one is Jerry Judy. They also added K.J. Hamler. They added Melvin Ingram. I mean, not Melvin Ingram. Um, Melvin Gordon uh, in free agency in the backfield to go along with Philip Lindsay. He has a really, really good chance to take a massive jump this year to get into that top 15 quarter of quarterbacks. I know Denver fans, like we have, a, we have a buddy who always talks about Denver and being, you know, they have really high expectations out there. I don't know if they should be that high, but at least not for this season. Um, but certainly for the future, their, their offensive future is very bright. 
you know, it depending if for fantasy wise, if if he's available on the waiver wire, depending on the matchup, it'll be him or Joe Burrow or Daniel Jones. You know, those three guys are really good streaming options for just about every week. So, you know, depending on the matchup, Drew Locke could definitely be a top, I think a top 10, top 15 fantasy quarterback this year if if he takes that uh, proper step up. Yeah, uh, I definitely think Drew Locke has got the most approved this year. You know, like you said, he has the weapons. You know, they drafted two receivers in the first two rounds. They still got Cortland Sutton. They uh, The tight end, uh, his name is escaping me right now. Uh, Noah Fant. Yeah, there we go. Noah Fant, he was a first-round pick last year. So, you know, they picked up Gordon, like you said. They got the running backs. They got the tight end. They got the receivers. So the question mark is Drew Locke. You know, what what is he going to do this season? Uh, you know, I think, you know, at the beginning of this offseason, I wasn't a big Drew Locke fan until I started preparing for this show, actually. And I looked up his numbers from last year. And what he did was decent impressive actually in um five games as a starter the team went four and one uh he had 1020 yards which which averages out to 204 a game which is pretty solid you know it's not the 232 that Kyler Murray had but it's right up there um seven touchdowns only three picks uh, 89.7 QB rating he just he he played solid last year and on a team that you know they weren't very good when he stepped in so for them to go 4 and 1 in the last 5 i thought was huge for them huge for him uh it's probably what you know led the broncos to not look for other quarterback options and you know put their trust in him this season so yeah he's got to prove it this year you know i think he can um you know if it were me right now if you were, if you know, I had to pick one quarterback to be my quarterback for ten years, and it was between him and him and Daniel Jones. I think I would go with Drew Locke right now. You know, I think he's he's the second best second year quarterback in my opinion. Yeah, for me, I'd take Daniel Jones just because of the the bigger sample size. But um, yeah, it's definitely a crapshoot for those two. Uh, no, nah. these other guys I don't want to speak too much about because their teams are terrible. So I don't know how good they're going to be. Um, sir, yes, sir. But Gardner Minshew and Dwayne Haskins. My guy Haskins. I don't think he's actually. I don't believe in him as as a franchise quarterback. I don't think he's going to be that good moving on. I really don't. Now, I could just be a biased Eagles fan, <laughs> but. No, nah, I mean that's that's how the majority of the country feels. Yeah. You know, uh I would love to say, you know, I can't wait here to, to convince everyone otherwise, but you know, I got I gotta do my due diligence, you know, I gotta say what I believe is right. You know, I think that Dwayne Haskins could be a good quarterback in the NFL, you know. We haven't seen it yet. He he started seven games, played in nine, um, two and five as the starter, but like I said, you know. Those are we, we won what two games last year? So he won all the games. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not true. We I think we won the third. Either way, um, you know, thirteen sixty-five yards with seven touchdowns, seven picks. You know, the numbers aren't very impressive at all. Only one hundred fifty-one yards a game, seventy-six QB rating. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't impressive, but you know, as a, as a fan of the team, I could say, you know, I probably have a lot more. Uh, watching time on Dwayne Haskins. You know, I probably watched 98% of the snaps he took last season. 
if not all 100% by now, going back and watching the old games from the year, watching us be terrible and getting upset again. But, um, yeah, he, at the beginning, he looked, you know, like deer in the headlights. He, he looked like he wasn't ready at all. You know, yeah. I was very concerned. But the last, I would say, three or four games, he really stepped it up. You know, he, he, was, he, he was at, I think, four, three touchdowns and seven picks. So he ended the season with seven touchdowns and seven picks. So those last few games, he wasn't turning the ball over like he had been before. He was he was throwing for more yards. He was making better reads. Yeah, so I, I mean, think that was just being more comfortable with the offense. You know, hopefully he can take that second year step. Like I said, I'm not here to convince anybody that you know he's a good quarterback or anything because yeah. he still has a lot to prove. Yeah, I mean I know he uh, in what was it week 15. Um, against the Eagles they made he made Carson Wentz have to become a hero and or ex, not just Carson Wentz but Greg Ward had to become a hero in order to win that game so you know he he I think he is capable of scoring points that that's obvious um it's just is he able to do it for all 16 games against quality teams we just don't know and we don't know if he can stay healthy too because I know he was battling an ankle sprain for quite a bit amount of time last year too so yeah um Um, yeah no definitely uh hopefully he can stay healthy that's number one but two I just want everyone to remember that you know we're we're talking about Joe Burrow here and you know how we're excited about him but Joe Burrow was at Ohio State and you know there was a quarterback competition and he lost to to Dwayne Haskins you know I'm not saying that that's oh he's better than Joe Burrow but I'm just saying that the guy does have some talent. You know, he was a first-round pick for a reason. You know, maybe the Redskins always make terrible first-round picks. Maybe that is the reason. But, you know, he was a first-round pick. So, like you said, you know, the jury's still out on him. That's that's what I want everybody to take away. You know, the jury's still out. I don't, I've been hearing too much of this Dwayne Haskins is trash. He's garbage. Like, I, I'm, I'm just not ready to call him that after, after seven starts, you know. Yeah, no. That's a good point. Now, Gardner Minshew, on the other hand, he's um, actually pretty solid. He's solid. Now, fantasy wise, I don't think he's that good. But as a as a quarterback, um, I he's solid. I think that's all I got to say about him. You know, he was. I don't know if that was whether people or teams just didn't know anything about him and didn't know how to prepare for him properly on defense. Um. You know, they still have Leonard Fournette, who's uh, their their bell cow as the running back. They have a really good receiver in DJ Chark. Um, they also have D.D. Westbrook. I mean, so they have solid weapons there, but um, I don't know if he's going to be as good as he was. You know, at least in the first few games when he started, everybody was like, whoa, who is this guy? Like, he's, like, really solid as a sixth-round pick or you know, seventh-round, whatever late round he was in. Um I just don't know if he's going to be able to do it again like he did at at the beginning of, of the season last year. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that to, and he, and to a certain extent. Real quick. And he did not, this couldn't be just Nick Foles being terrible, but when Nick Foles came back from his uh, broken collarbone, he did win the job back from Nick Foles. Now Nick Foles was terrible. However, he can only play for, for the Eagles. Hey, that, you know, what, whatever the case may be, <laughs> uh, Gardner got the job back as a starter in, in Jacksonville. So, yeah, there's, there is that in his favor. 
Yeah, I just want to uh, read off his stats because I think it's going to su- surprise a lot of people out there. You know, he he played in 14 games, only started 12 of them. The team who, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, not a very good team, but they were 6-6 six and six in the games he started. So I thought that was very impressive. Uh, he threw for 32-71 yards, 3,271 that is. And that – that accounts for 233.6 a game, which is the, the most out of all of the rookies or, you know, second-year guys that we mentioned here. Except Kyler, yeah. right? No, nah, uh, that's one yard more than Kyler oh. per game. Then um, his quarterback rating, the best out of all of these guys we mentioned at 91.2 last year. Uh, 21 touchdowns to only six interceptions. Uh, you know, he, he really had a, a good year very quietly. Also put up 344 rushing yards, which was a surprise to me. I didn't realize he ran the ball that much. So I think he's a good streaming option for fantasy. Um, he's kind of on the Daniel Jones school of just hold on to the football, son, because, you know, he he lost seven fumbles last year. So that probably took down a lot of that fantasy value because that's like it's just like throwing seven more interceptions. But if he can stop fumbling and, you know, this team, which I – granted, I don't expect him to be very good. You know, I don't expect him to do good things around him. But I think this guy – I think they might actually have something here. You know, Gardner Minshew could be a solid quarterback. You know, I'm um, – you know, I wouldn't put him above Daniel Jones just yet, you know. But, yeah, I, I would say he, he's definitely above Haskins. <laughs> They're all definitely above Haskins. But – don't sleep on Gardner this year. Uh, you know, if you see him playing a bad defense in your fantasy league, pick him up. You know, he might he might win a week or two for you this year. Yeah, that yeah, I didn't realize his stats were that were that impressive for sure. I'm, I definitely should have looked before I made my come my uh, my argument. But I tell uh, you, I was just, very surprised. <laughs> just on the eye test, uh, I didn't think he was that good. But the stats, you know, tell me otherwise. Um, but definitely, hey, trust. This is a just a disclaimer for everyone out there too. Trust the eye test more, man. Like you know, we've been watching football and playing football, and you know, watching sports in general for all these years. Like your eyes, sometimes you can see. Like you know, I don't think this guy's that good. And yeah. you know, go with that. Don't just always look at the stats and be like, oh, I guess I was wrong. Like no, stay. Don't ever admit that you were wrong. <laughs> stay with your takes. Right? <laughs> if you think a guy is trash. Just say he's trash and, and you know, let it ride. <laughs> uh, the last guy I want to bring up isn't even a starter now. He's pretty – I think he's going to be irrelevant for fantasy for sure. Um, and it's pretty irrelevant unless the the starter there now gets hurt. It's Kyle Allen for Carolina. Um, with Cam Newton being hurt last season, he was just the starter. Uh, I believe he was a rookie. Um I think so. I'm not sure. I didn't really look him up at all. But regardless, he's going to be irrelevant because Teddy Bridgewater is the starter there now. And uh, he, yeah. he actually got picked up. He got traded to the Washington football team. Actually. Kyle Allen did. Yes, sir. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because Ron Rivera was there. And yeah. yeah okay. He, took, he, he brought him over with him. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens <laughs> with Kyle Allen. Yeah, I think probably less of a chance he gets on the field here. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, he's just irrelevant. Um, now, I think he could have been decent. Man. Like, he, was okay. he was, he, 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 he was at least at, half, at Haskins level, right? He like, gave he gave the ball to Christian McCaffrey every play. I mean, you can't really go wrong there. 
So, uh, yeah, that is true. Did you have any? Were, did you have any other second year QBs on you wanted to bring up? No, definitely. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's some out there, but they're they're not starting, so I don't care about them. Yeah. Um. So that that's that's pretty much wraps it up for this football another football episode, um, and a little bit of soccer after the throwing at the beginning. The football. The football. No. Uh, <laughs> The next episode, we're going to talk about the NBA again because the playoffs are almost here. And Damian Lillard is fine. He's just good. Good. Yeah. I'm going to save it for the next episode. I got a lot to say about Dame. Let's just, let's just say that we were right. <laughs> we were right about Damian Lillard. Um, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we're going to talk about the NBA and the playoffs. Um, and we're going to have a little mini awards we are talking about the long-term awards for the season we're gonna have a little own bubble awards that that's that's it'll be interesting um again as always thank you for listening we, we are really enjoying doing this and we're gonna keep keep pumping these episodes out so uh like chris said last time if you have anything you want us to bring up hit up our instagram at, at average sports nerds and we will talk about anything you guys want to, want us to, to bring up. Definitely. Yep. Like, like Ali said, you know, thank you guys all for listening. You know, it's my favorite part of the, of every week, you know, getting on here, talking to the fans out there. So, you know, keep listening, appreciate it. You know, keep, keep liking the, the Instagram post, sharing on your, on your story, all that help us out a little bit, you know, spread the love and keep nerding it up. <laughs>